Thank you for tuning in to the Royals in Action broadcast today. Your participation means a lot to us. The essence of this program is to educate you on how to apply the Word of God practically to bring about positive outcomes in your daily situations. And joining us for this insightful journey is R.K. Achina. I am super, super excited to be here today, ready to be used by God and for His purpose. It is my earnest hope that the Holy Spirit will open your eyes, you know, the Holy Spirit would open your ears and hearts at this very moment to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Last week we learned a lot about the subject live or die and how our choices are connected to our free will. And we also looked at why God made choice the gateway to receiving anything from Him. Even faith, which is your spiritual hand to receiving things from God, is based on choice. We choose to either believe or to doubt. We choose to either receive or to fall faith. Everything is based on choice. And finally, we understood why choosing life over death is not a matter of obeying God's commandments perfectly. Before we get things moving, I'd like to quickly refresh our minds with our initial Bible test, Deuteronomy 30 verse number 15. Deuteronomy 30 verse 15. Quickly turn to that. Listen closely. I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments so that you will live and multiply and that the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear and obey but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them i declare to you today that you will certainly perish you will not live long in the land which you cross the jordan to enter and possess i call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that i have set before you life and death the blessing and the curse Therefore, you shall choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Amen. Today, we will explore this subject in more depth because I believe God will show us some great insights by the end of the service. I want to reiterate that choosing life over there is not about obeying God's commandments perfectly. The word here is perfectly. Most people have this religious idea that in order to please God, they must pray twice a day, fast twice a week, go to church meetings constantly, and avoid certain sins. <laughs> if they fail in these things, God will not listen to their prayers. 
Man, my brother, my sister, quit trying to please God, would you? <laughs> quit trying to please God. Tell you what, I used to be religious years ago, trying to do all these religious stuff to get this feeling that I'm pleasing God. And then one day I bumped into a scripture in James 4:17, which said, So any person who knows what is right to do, but does not do it, to him it is sin. Man, that scripture got me thinking. It made me think about how even though I was trying hard to please God with my outward actions, man, I was falling short in my inward actions. I realized I was proud, I was envious, I was covetous, I was anxious, and a condemner, condemning people in my mind. Besides this, I had a lot of dirty and unclean thoughts. And at that point, I knew I wasn't supposed to be proud. I knew I wasn't supposed to be envious and anxious. I wasn't supposed to condemn people in my head. The Bible speaks against these things. They were all wrong. Then James 4.17 brought to my attention that even if I know the good things to do and don't do them, I'm still sinning. Man, that scripture had me in tears. It made me realize that no matter how much I want to appear holy to God and no matter how much I want to be seen as godly and spiritual and pure, I was still not meeting his standards. No matter how hard I tried, I still couldn't measure up against these standards. In essence, I got tired of pleasing God. I like what Paul says in Romans 3 verse 11 and I read, There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. And when I read Romans 5 8, man, it revolutionized my life. It completely changed my preconceived ideas. It totally changed my thinking. I changed from being religious into a can in God's kingdom. Amen. And I hope it changes your life too. Watch carefully. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him underline the word now and justified now the word justified used here is the greek word the kayao which has a threefold meaning number one it means to put right with. That is to cause one to be in a right standing with God. Number two, it means to pronounce one to be righteous. That is to prove someone to be morally right. Number three, to acquit. That is to clear one's transgressions. 
So what the Bible is saying here is that God showed his love for us in this way. Christ died for us even when we were still sinners. So through Christ, we will surely be saved from God's anger because right now we have been put right with God. We have been pronounced to be righteous and all of our transgressions have been cleared by his death. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So ask yourself this, why bother pleasing God when he had already pronounced you righteous? Ask yourself that question. Why go through all the legalistic customs that men have created to please God when he has already said that he considers you righteous? See, when you quit trying to please God, then you realize how easy it is to obey him. When you got born again, God gave you what we call the free gift of righteousness. This gift of righteousness is what is going to enable you to obey God and produce the right actions. When you know you are already righteous, you wouldn't feel guilty when you sin unintentionally. Man, this is so important to me, I want to hear myself say it again. When you know you are already righteous, you wouldn't feel guilty when you sin unintentional. There is a high chance you go to your father boldly and ask for forgiveness. But when you don't know you're righteous, oh boy, that's when you try pleasing God and you get this remorseful feeling each time you fall short of these almost impossible standards you've set for yourself. Thinking God must have been disappointed in you for forgetting to tie last month for smoking, for drinking, for stealing, for losing your virginity, and for watching pornography, for your bad temper and whatnot. And if you're not careful, you're gonna be obsessed, obsessed by this conscience-stricken feeling again and again and again. Soon enough, you're gonna quit going to church. You're gonna quit going to prayer meetings. You're gonna finally throw your Bible away. Why? Because you feel God is angry with you. You keep asking for a second chance and yet you keep blowing it. You think God is at loggerheads with you. You think God is displeased with you and that he doesn't want to see your face. Give me a break, somebody. God is not angry with you. Even though you sinned, it was only a mistake. Rise, somebody. Dust yourself and move on. Hallelujah. Now, how bad was the sin? Was it as bad as Moses' sin? Moses was a murderer. And yet, he wrote the five books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And tell you what, the law, which you're trying so hard to keep, was given through Moses, a formal murderer. <laughs> oh, tell me, how terrible was your sin? Was it as terrible as David's? Look, David committed adultery and murder, and yet God forgave him and still called him a man after his own heart. Irrespective of how bad and ugly your sins were, God says to come to him, confess your sins, 
and seek forgiveness and then he'll forgive you and make you a royal again in the kingdom amen he said he's justified you he's pronounced you righteous and considers you not guilty and no one absolutely no one can do nothing about that not even the devil not even your past sins not even your present sins not even your future sins can afford to change this justification you've received through faith in christ jesus i like what paul said in romans 5 verse 1 romans 5 verse 1 he says since he has pronounced you righteous you have peace with him and peace implies He's not mad at you. Oh, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Peace implies that he's not angry at you. Even though you sinned and fell off, he says he's still at peace with you. Look, that sin can change your righteousness. You are still righteous and he's pleased with you because it is not self-righteousness you carry. You carry a special righteousness, a righteousness you didn't earn by following the law, a righteousness that God himself bestowed on you as a free gift after confessing Jesus as your Lord. Man, you ought to be thrilled by this. When I bumped into this truth, all the religious chains that had crippled me over the years fell off. They fell off. Your righteousness doesn't change regardless of the number of sins you committed. The number of sins you committed yesterday, the number of sins you committed today, including the ones you will commit tomorrow, God still sees you as righteous. Get this once and for all, and don't let no one deceive you. I'll say it again. Your righteousness remains the same, regardless of the sins you committed yesterday, today, and the ones you commit tomorrow. And that's what being justified is all about. When God says you are righteous, you are righteous. It's not a one-day thing. God is not the author of confusion. He can't call you righteous today and a sinner tomorrow. Ah, you didn't hear me. I said, God can't call you righteous today and a sinner tomorrow. Once he says you are righteous, he means you are righteous. You are righteous today. You are righteous tomorrow. You are righteous next year, next 50 years, and so on. Glory to God. It is sealed and it's permanent. When God says you are righteous, ah, you better call yourself righteous. When God says you are clean, you better call yourself clean. You don't want to offend God by calling something he has made clean, unclean. Amen? Peter learned this lesson the hard way. In the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 14 to 15, while praying, Peter saw a vision about a big sheet which had all kinds of animals on it and a voice instructed him to kill and eat but peter said not so lord for I have never eaten anything common or unclean right at that moment the voice replied saying 
what God has cleansed, you must not call unclean. Amen. Amen. What God has cleansed, you must not call unclean. So the next time you sin and the devil or your mind or anybody tries to redefine your personality by calling you a sinner or unrighteous, rebuke the person and say, how dare you? Oh, how dare you call what God has made righteous unrighteous? Who shall bring a charge against God's righteous people? Romans 8.33, no one, because it is God who justifies. Look the person in the eye and tell them, I am never unrighteous, irrespective of the sins I commit. And since God calls me righteous, I'm going to call myself righteous. The Bible says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so be it. Amen. One logical question you might probably ask is, can I continue in sin since God calls me righteous? And the answer is a big no. As believers in Christ, we ought not to offer the parts of our bodies as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Romans 6.13 Before I discuss the right reasons we shouldn't continue in sin, I'd like to consider the wrong reasons first. I believe this will give us a better perspective. On the whole concept and note these reasons are only for believers not unbelievers okay in your notes wrong reasons you shouldn't continue sinning wrong reasons you shouldn't continue sinning you should stop sinning number one to avoid hell <laughs> well honestly I believe hell is real but that's a terrible reason to stop sinning Number two, to receive God's blessings. Man, if this is true, then no one can be blessed. And number three, to please God. If you keep sinning, God is going to unleash his anger on you, man. That is a brilliant lie. Here are the right reasons you shouldn't continue sinning. Number one, you are dead to sin. The Bible says... You are dead to sin. Romans 6 2. That means you no longer have the compelling nature to sin. Knowing and believing this is enough driving force to rise above the power of sin. Trust me. It's like being in prison and the prison guard showing up to unlock your door and telling you, hey, you are free to go. It wouldn't make sense to remain in prison after hearing that. If you really believe the prison guard, you stand up and walk out of the cell for your freedom. In the same fashion, if you continue in sin, then obviously you don't believe that you are dead to sin. Amen. Number two, you have a new nature. This new nature you have is not inclined towards sinning. That's the more reason you shouldn't continue in sin. As a matter of fact, this new nature ought to produce the right actions. <laughs> but remember, your old nature died and left a body of sin. 
Romans 6 6 and it's with this body of sin that you are kept in sin the only way to destroy this body of sin is by renewing your mind <laughs> that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God renewing your mind renewing your mind will help align your body with your new nature even though you will still sin at some point you know what i mean you're still gonna sin at some point and that's completely normal we cannot achieve a sinless life in this body a sinless life can only be achieved in the glorious body we will soon receive so even though we are not naturally disposed to sin in this body we sin all the same because we are still in the process of renewing our minds. Does it make sense? Number three, sin serves as an inroad of the enemy. One reason you shouldn't continue in sin is because of the devil. The devil needs your body to produce death in it. Romans 6.16 it says sin leads to death by death i mean spiritual death and we know the devil came to steal kill and what to destroy once you sin you offer your body to the devil he gains control of your body and messes it up with sickness with addiction bad temperament and whatnot if you're not careful you could end up doing something that will get you sent to prison that's the more reason you ought to control your body yourself not give it up to the devil all willy-nilly amen man when i bumped into these truths all the religious beliefs that had crippled me for years fell away and i began living as a king I began living as a royal in the kingdom of God. Man, I just hope the Holy Spirit will minister to you, especially today, and free you from these religious chains that might hold you back. Before you today is life and death. What is your choice? I pray you choose life. God richly bless you. Thank you for joining us in this enlightening journey today. Before we wrap up, subscribe to our podcast so you're kept in the loop about our next amazing episodes. To join our community or support our ministry, click the link in the description or visit royalsinaction.org. Until next time, Royals in Action is here to remind you to embrace your destiny as a chosen channel of God's royalty. God bless you.